It just keeps oh. escalating. Jason's oh, three in the show. show. Yeah, yeah. It just keeps escalating every time it's it's ad- adaptation. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when they do the stage play, he will die. <laughs> 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 the stage play friday night lights the musical hey everybody welcome to another episode of i finally watched this is david and this is alan and i finally watched friday night lights the movie the movie not the show which in preparation for this uh, episode david i uh i watched the entire show also did you finish the last five episodes I did. I watched the whole thing. Proud of you. But that's Thanks. actually not how this worked out. You watched that, and then because of that, we did the movie. So I saw this in theaters. Um, actually, I played football my senior year of high school. I was a lineman who weighed like 185 pounds. Our school was small. And uh, our coach said that instead of practice one night, we were going to go see this movie. So we were all obviously super excited. And um, I remember liking it. It was also cool just watching it with all those guys. And uh, the thing I remember most is Booby Miles and people afterwards saying, why didn't they do a movie about the season after this one? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I like this movie. And there is not, this is just like a prototypical sports movie. Yeah. There is not a lot of other stuff going on. You know, it's so funny that you said that is that's immediately what Taylor said after the movie ended. She watched this as she just watched the last like hour of it. But yeah, she goes and they, you know, they, <laughs> they all lost and whatever, whatever. And she goes, sounds like they should have done the movie after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone says. Because um, it's the because of the like the kind of the '80s title thing at the end being like, Coach Gaines took the team to the championship and won it next season. Blah blah blah. Yeah, it's probably their quarterback was might have been a little bit better. Who knows? Um, but yeah, this is just the. I think what is interesting, good about this movie. And maybe it's something that was like a revelation to you, but just how in-depth it gets with how crazy people are about high school football in certain parts of Texas and probably other parts of the country too, um, places where there's not a lot of other things to do. Um, Like the opening 20 to 30 minutes is just craziness after craziness of people putting like way too much expectations on 17-year-olds yeah well i mean the whole mantra of like be perfect kind of just sums it up right there you know and i kind of like how all the kids kind of make fun of that with within themselves like oh you be perfect no you be perfect right but then the pressure really does take a toll on them once they start like facing that kind of um you know, during during games, before games, after games, if they lose, you, you get that, like, oh, shit, you know, a lot's really riding on them. No, yeah, absolutely. And with basically everyone in this town cares about this. Um, the thing that 
the thing that like you notice first off that really tells you everything you need to know is the the news cameras at their first practice yeah yeah and how kids (laughs) and how the radio show is just all about the the team and coach Gaines. right yeah um to the point of just absolute yeah i mean is that like a i mean it must be a local right it's not like yeah no it's uh, yeah it's a local station that is sports right this isn't like their news they're like wow robbery on the 34th bodega and let's go see what the panthers are doing now no yeah it's it's a sports it's a local sports station so i mean that's fine you know in the in the show and i i'm not going to talk about the show a lot there are a couple things i do want to bring up some comparisons but in in the show i feel like it went to great lengths to show you how important football is to this small town. Um, And at times I felt like it portrayed that better in the movie, but then at other times I felt like it in the movie when I really got it, like, holy shit was and I don't know his character name in this, but I always know him as Buddy Garrity in the in the show. But when him and the other guy roll up to the store as Coach Gaines, played by Billy Bob Thornton, come comes out with his family and like almost low-key threatens him if he doesn't win this championship game, I was like, holy shit. You know, that that was the moment. Threatens his job. I don't know. <laughs> His no, life? it was his job. It was his job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wasn't going to kill him. Um, the the other the other thing I noticed too is there aren't there aren't as many arcs, character arcs as you think there would be. Like uh, Coach Gaines has no character arc, right? No. Yeah. Um, Billingsley has a little bit of a character arc the younger one as like he maybe finally he has one big play at the end that makes up for all the fumbling ahead of time um you know comer uh you know he develops into like a running back and then we find out how good he did the next year but like tim mcgraw's character gets this like undeserved (laughs) character (laughs) arc no you're absolutely right it's it's this like you know, I measure who the main character of a movie is by their character arc and how this movie f- decides to focus its characters is kind of weird to me because it's not really the coach, but it is the coach, right? It's not really Billingsley, but it is Billingsley. It's not really, um, what's his name? Mike? Yeah. Um, Wilkins? Wilkinson? Winchell. Win ah, see. Just QB one. QB one. Um it's him, but it's not him. You know, or is it all of them? Is it, it that in that way, I don't know who I was supposed to be rooting for. So I ended up rooting for all of them. What I find odd is at the end of the movie, where they're doing this like freeze frame, like 
And then Mike became a surveyor in Texas after graduating from Bayer University or whatever. Baylor. Baylor. I said Baylor. You said Bayer. Whatever. Anywho, then they're like, and Chavez. And I was like, we see all but maybe five minutes of him. But okay, let's give him like a whole thing. You know, I thought it was crazy too is like in the championship game, number 41 is killing it out at like wide receiver or possibly tight end, making a ton of catches. <laughs> we have no idea who that guy is. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Billingsley is like a backup and who can't not fumble. Um, yeah, but he has a bad dad at home. So that's true. And apparently in real life, those two did um, like repair their relationship. So I just thought if that is true to life, like you could have done a better job of portraying it. Cause as we're going to say, like things start out, start out bad. Um, it does start out in a cool way with Booby miles and watching this though. I'm just like, Oh, but it goes so bad for him that like, it's hard to like enjoy the beginning. But as someone who's first watching it, like I love when he comes in and talks about like, he's like, you got the wrong shoes. That's why you got no girl. Come on, water bug. You know, and, and oh my God. I don't know if, if you're allowed to say water bug. I don't know what it means. <laughs> That's what they called him. I don't know, man. It's just like a nickname, right? I apologize if that is a offensive term. Um, yeah. And so if there was ever a down and out character that made a comeback by the end of this movie, it was Comer. Um, and I don't know if you recognize Comer, but I knew him as the famous Jet Jackson. Yeah. Um, so Comer kind of makes this huge turnaround. And I really thought m- the movie was going to focus on him. And I kind of wish it did. Cause I, I really like his development through this film. Yeah. I think if you could have a, a nitpick of this movie, it is what you kind of pointed to earlier that, its focus is so divergent on all these characters that there's not, you don't, it's attention is divided so much that you can't really care about any of them. And it should have maybe focused a little bit on less and you could still have all these characters, but focus a little bit more on them. And then what's funny is there's so much football, but then they have to montage most of it just to get through it. And like, you're like, this is a two hour movie. What did we even like, where did all that time go to? What was it devoted to? The last 45 minutes of this movie. This is a two-hour movie. The last 45 minutes is the final game. Yeah, well, it's like 30. I, I, when they get on the bus to go to Dallas, it's 38 minutes because I paused it. I was like, this is so much time left. But 15, 15 minutes before they get on the bus, it's the montage of them getting to state. So it's just like, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it feels just like half of this movie is like, this is who these characters are. And then the last half of the movie is, now we're going to watch them play ball. We're going to watch a lot of football. And also, um, the character arc for the quarterback is that in that playoff montage, he became Joe Montana because he <laughs> was just dropping bombs everywhere. Um, I guess you call them dimes more than bombs. He was thrown really well. Uh, and I uh, back to the, like, the beginning, though, where we're talking about, it also get like a lot of good lines from Boobies when he's like, you know, how do you do in school? He's like, I get straight A's in football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, during the interview thing. Is it, would you count that as foreshadowing when he like lifts up his leg and he's like, I only wear Nikes. And it's like, these, these two feet are going to outrun you. And then Preacher Man is like, I can outrun you in flip-flops. And then it's almost like, you know, it's going to happen. <laughs> and you're like, what? 
Stop, stop putting so much focus on your legs, please. Yeah. I like that the preacher man's last name was Christian or either is his first or last name. Yeah. Ivory, um, Ivory Christian or Christian. Yeah, yeah. His last name was Christian. It was Ivory yeah. Christian. Yeah. Um, yeah. The whole, the whole setup is of this is really great. And then fucking at that practice, Billingsley fumbles and fucking Tim McGraw comes out there and like beats the shit out of him. And the real coach Gaines was like, I would never have allowed that at practice because you like, you look down on the coach in that situation for allowing that. So comparing it to the show, when that scene was happening, I was sitting there thinking like, um, coach Taylor would never. Yeah. And like, that's what I was, you know, I, I thought I had remembered like kind of an arc for him as far as like being more of like a developing into more like a player's coach. Cause they talk after Booby gets hurt. There's talk of like, oh, um, you know, he's designed this whole team around one player, his whole offense. And so now we're screwed. And so I, I kind of remembered it as like, well, he changed the, the schemes and the game and they started doing better because of that. And he was more like, but really the only thing you get is his like halftime speech at the end that he's like, you know, when I say be perfect, it's about the guys around you and, and living up to the expectations and, and keeping your word and da, 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 da. And that's doing like your, the, doing your best. Yeah. It's the only actual like character. arc, And it's like, that's a little too little too late. And I'm not saying he's like a bad, bad guy, but you, like, I definitely like look down on him in the beginning when you just allow someone's like some father to walk on your field, even just not the, like just him walking on your fields. Like that's your field. Like get him the fuck off of there. Like why, why are you allowing this? Yeah. Uh, now the counter argument to that would be like these people are crazy and so like to keep your job like you can't be fighting with the parents so because he is like the coach is like kind of very meek towards all these people around him because they're like hey coach want to come in and talk about the defense then 20 guys walk into his office to tell him how to do his job yeah i it's interesting the adaptation they did from first of all the book to the movie from the movie to the show and them able to flesh out the premise of, of the movie to a five-season show, I, I felt cheated, though. Because watching the show first and then watching the movie, I felt like the stakes were much higher in the show. And, and the main reason is, is you have this setup where the quarterback becomes fucking paralyzed right and the backup (laughs) yeah spoiler alert to a what 15 16 year old show yeah yeah anyways so um he becomes paralyzed and his backup has to now qb and i mean it's like well, I'll talk about uh, how no one looked like a fucking high schooler in a second. But also, um, the movie doesn't have that kind of stakes. And he, I mean, I'm not saying tearing your ACL is, is a small injury. It's not. But I was never worried about the team winning or losing in the movie because they were all huge and and they were all like fairly talented in their position 
So what? All you have to do is just worry about the linebacker, the the new one. So, which linebacker? What are you talking about? Uh, what was Booby a line a tailback? Running running back. Oh, he was running back. Okay. Well, tailback running back. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but and this is because of your a little bit lack of football knowledge, but uh, the quarterback was not good. Mike. Yeah, he was not good. Oh. And then the other running backs weren't, didn't seem to be good. Billingsley could not hold on to the ball. And the other guy couldn't find his helmet, which I want to talk about more when we get to. Um, so it was a big concern because they're, it was their number one player. But for a city team, I, feel, I felt like they were doing pretty okay. Pretty okay, yes, considering they made the playoffs. Um, the night out after practice, I also think is a whole great, like, area of scenes. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. First of all, like, the quarterback not wanting to go out and him telling him, like, you know, don't, uh, or Brian Chavez telling him, like, don't worry, you don't have to even be good anyway. And I was like, he acts like he's very good and we haven't seen him play. And then we see, like, the first game and he's just fucking killing everybody on defense. Um, I love the guy come in. He's like, Billingsley. Party, Billingsley, party, woo! And he drives off, and they're like, "Isn't that guy thirty-five years old?" The 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 part of that scene that I really love is the guy who comes up to Mike, and he's like, "Hey, um, I'd love I'd love to get a picture of you and and my kid." Hands over this like toddler, but then see that confuses me because he's not very good, and you say he's not very good. So why does he want a fucking picture of like the worst player on the team? It's just because he's QB. It's the most important position, yeah. I understand QB is the most important position, but I mean, not when you have Booby Miles on your team. Well, there's probably some like in bed racism that they don't. Apparently, in order to use a lot of the facilities for this movie, the school was like, you can't talk as much as the book did about the racism. <laughs> yeah. All right, that makes sense. But um, so you have you have him handing over the kid. The best joke is when he's like, "All right, so you you're gonna watch him. Uh, you're gonna watch her for a little bit, and uh, me and the wife are gonna grab some drinks at the bar." Nah, nah, I'm just kidding, just kidding. It's like I totally believe that he would have done that. He's like, unless, yeah, I like after that too. He's like, "Hey, get you one of these. See this, boys? Get you one of these. One like all these people in this town that are like." It doesn't get better after high school. This is the most important time of year, which is like most people after they get out of high school do not believe that. No, right. And I think that's what the, that, that's kind of what the whole message uh, you get by the end of this movie is. And yeah, it's like, even, even there's a shot where the cop has a state ring. Yeah. It's like a fucking cult. Right. Um, and then after that, we see the quarterback has sex with this girl. Um, and it almost seemed like she was like, because he's so meek as a person that she was like, I'm basically going to decide that I'm your girlfriend or whatever. But then we never see her again through the rest of the movie. A young like, Amber Heard. No, that was, that was with the running back. That was with Billingsley. Who are you talking? Oh, oh, I, you're talking yeah, the about QB the QB at the party. In the, in the bathroom, yeah. And then, yeah, and then uh, Billingsley with, yes, Amber Heard in her first role. Um, and the creepiest fucking scene ever. And I did not register as a young kid how creepy this was as like, you know, when I was in high school. But the, like she's probably underage. 
and like half naked and you're just fucking staring at her drunk as your son is trying to have sex with her just not saying anything so fucking creepy and, and then, then not even the worst part of the scene and then he starts talking about the lamp and then him he starts talking about football again and then he takes the duct tape ties his hand first of all i don't know if someone's coming at me with duct tape i would not be that still long enough for someone to tie my hands up in duct tape and but there is like the father-son dynamic and this is like an abusive relationship he he ties he ties his hands up with the and he starts hitting him in the i guess he just doesn't hit him he hits the ball right yeah he's like trying to show him how to not fumble in the like most horrible way by the way, the girl that Tim McGraw in this in this film is sleeping with very much felt like her and Amber Heard were friends. Well, so they don't exactly go over the dynamics, but it's like he was sent down there. So I think that his parents are divorced. And that's just, yeah, some girl that Tim McGraw is sleeping with that is probably too young for him, right? Yeah. That's what I, what, what I gathered, um, but I don't know. You just have to imagine someone like that character is divorced. They're not happily married. What what a great character, though, because you don't really have like an overarching antagonist in the film, and he is like great for that position in the movie. He's in. A, he has another small role in another Peter Berg movie that stars Coach Taylor that we're gonna do called The Kingdom. Uh, Kyle Chandler. Yeah, Kyle Chandler. Oh, nice, sweet. I'm excited yeah. for that one. Yep. Um, so then, uh, we get like some more just like random stuff to show you how everyone is serious about football. Like all those guys, as I said, come into the coach's office to talk to him about his defense. There's like the really awkward scene where the one lady is sitting next to the coach at like a dinner and she's like, why don't you play booby on both sides? And he's like, well, I don't want to get him hurt. And then she's like, Inward this, gets, inward that. Gets yeah. racist and is like, you know, they. I don't even get him. Don't even want to get close to repeating it. Now, I think like they are like we need to get these points across, but we've sort of been a little hamstrung by the school on this because we also need the school to make this feel authentic. But one thing too is all these people are at a party, right? Yeah, dancing, and then Booby may be at the same party, but they show him at a at a party dancing with just all black people, right? Right, and so it's like the 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 separation of the two, even though they're all on this team. No, 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 absolutely. Like I noticed that too. Mike and and um, Billingsley Billingsley are all at one party, and it's all white people. And then it cuts to this like different type of music, all black people, and there's Preacher Man, Comer, and Booby. At that, pre- at- that's why I think it was at the same party, though, just different parts of the house. Because oh, preacher, okay. preacher went to the party with the with Mike. They segregated the party, just <laughs> this half, this half, and this half of the house. Uh, well, I, I don't know if there are rules. Um, and then right before we get to the first game, Mike meets with some recruiters, and they're like, "We're not ready to offer you anything, um, but you know, play good, maybe, maybe we'll give you something later on." So that's another thing, and maybe you can explain this to me more because you know I'm not really one for sport movies, but I really do like the Friday Night Lights show. There are rules when it comes to recruitments approaching players, and like, like um, I know in the show they made a very big deal, like 
you cannot have like pay for dinner when you're having a, a dinner with a recruiter. You can't like do anything that would consider a bribe, but also like you have to meet with them in a special circumstance, cir- circumstantial way. Did you have recruiters come to your high school? Um, not for football. We weren't very good at football. Um, basketball a little bit. Yeah, but they, I mean, yeah, you have, they have scouts who come and watch games. We had basketball and baseball players that got recruited up a visit. They come to your house and they talk it over with you after they've done scouting on you. And then sometimes in order to get you to sign, if you're like a hot prospect, like Booby Miles, what they would try and do is like bring him to the university so he can like walk around, maybe go to a game. And then there's can be some like illegal stuff that happens. (laughs) So, um, but that, you know, that there are like a ton of rules around it. Yeah. 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 So I don't know what the rule is about them approaching Mike like that, but I guess it's okay. So now we get to the first game. Um, not yes. very far into the movie. Well, it's actually, it is probably like what half an hour into the movie and then we get the first game and then it's like all football for the rest of the movie. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I thought his speech was pretty good. The opening speech. I do like the, the way the music kind of plays in for the speeches he gives, especially towards the end. Um, just a dominant performance by the Panthers, the Mojo Panthers. Um, I love when Billingsley's going crazy on the sideline. The coach is like, all right, can you go sit down? Like, I love enthusiasm, but that was too much. <laughs> why, why are they called Mojo? Because it's the, it's the Pervian or something Panthers, right? Permian. Permian. I, I read that there's like, similar to like, let's go Brandon. There was a chant one time that people misheard and they thought people were saying Mojo. And so then it just became like the rallying cry for the team, just like completely by accident. Okay, well, then I'm glad I didn't. But it doesn't have, like, the same connotation as that yeah, one as I used an example. Know. But right. um, this is an interesting part of this, though. So they're up, like, what, 42 to 7. The coach is like, all right, we're going to take Booby out. Comer, come up here. Comer can't find his helmet. He goes back to the, stand, he goes back to the bench, and Booby's like, got to have your helmet to play. And then he smiles and walks up. Did Booby hide his helmet? <laughs> is that what they're, they're trying to get across? Oh, wow. I didn't even, that thought didn't even occur to me. I mean, if he did, <laughs> holy shit. If he did, um, then he, he caused that injury to himself. Right. Now, this part apparently is not exactly true to how things went. Like, he injured himself before the season started in, like, a scrimmage rather than in, like, one of the first games. Um, yeah. But in the movie, it seemed like, they were just like, oh, maybe this is something that could have happened, you know? That's funny that you say that. So the book, I take it, was is like basically exactly how it happened in, in real life, right? Based on a true story of the book. Right. So the way you're telling me it goes down is he injures it during a scrimmage, adapted into a movie, he tears his ACL during a game, adapted to the TV show, he becomes completely paralyzed from the waist down. It just keeps oh. escalating. Jason oh, Street the in the show. show. Yeah, yeah. It just keeps escalating every time it's, it's ad- adaptation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when they do the stage play, 
he will die. <laughs> <laughs> the stage play. Friday Night Lights, the musical. So after this, we get a lot of Booby telling the, you know, Booby seeing how injured he is. The coach kind of, I think, lies to the team a little bit, but just to keep their spirits up. Yeah. Then Booby and his uncle lie to the coach and say, oh, he'll be better a lot quicker, which that uncle is kind of a very interesting character. I think the guy does a very good job portraying it because on one hand, you're like, oh, he's kind of fucking annoying because he's like, he seems like he's like taking advantage of, 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 you know, his nephew nephew but on the other hand it seems to really care about him and like but he's like one of those like you know parents that's like trying to push to you know to make you know a star out of someone but yeah i think i think that character does a the actor does a very good job and it's written in a very good way to like make it kind of straight down the line so you can see it either way so i think it's it's like good i i i agree with you i actually really like him as a character and the actor who who portrays him um also do keep in mind that this is a period piece like this movie was shot in 2004 but it is it takes place in the late 80s yeah 88 yeah um and that would also explain we are as far away from when this movie was made as what the period this movie was depicting when it was made no no oh my god you're right Holy we're actually a little, sh- yeah, we're farther. A little farther. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Um, yeah, someone was like, oh, we are what we, we're as far away as we are now from the 90s as the 90s was from the 70s. And I was like, holy shit. Um, so, or the 60s. Anyways, there are two characters in the movie that the actors portray basically the same characters in the show. That's the coach's wife. I believe her name is Connie Brighton. Britain. Britain. And then there's Buddy Garrity. And what I really like about his character in the, in the movie is he basically is the same character he is in the show, but they can really like, elaborate on his character in the show um but he's a he's i guess what you would call what like a booster for the team well in the movie he he makes hiring firing decisions i think his name is john something right um but the the character not the actor in the in the movie they call him john once i don't even think we get a last name john aubrey okay he makes hiring and firing decisions. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. I just thought he was like a very passionate. Well, I mean, he may, he may only be able to make those decisions as a booster, but he seems to be in charge. And that's why when he threatens him at the end, it's like with firing and not with fucking pitchforks. He's not going to kill him. <laughs> um, and then Connie Britton is still amazing. And she actually, I think, gets a lot more to do in the um, in the show. Oh, oh yeah, totally. You know, she's she's totally a side character in the movie, but the little the the little that she does have, she does well. My, <laughs> where the daughter asks if they have to move, and she's like, 
no honey and he's like probably <laughs> right right yeah no she's great and also <laughs> the scene where she's like you know what about alaska he's like what are you talking about she's like well you know no football in alaska if we could live there for two or 20 years yeah. build a little igloo so where we get this movie is a real period piece is definitely her hair the blowout the big 80s blowout and and it's like watching this you're like yeah now it feels like the 80s absolutely um a little bit back into it so the second game they get destroyed in what is pretty close to just like a very short montage and then uh we have a scene where the coach tells Mike, like, hey, you're going to have to eventually leave your mother. Like, you can't do all of this on your own. Um, you're going to have to let people take care of themselves because you're not taking care of yourself, which I thought is a cool scene. And it does show, like, his he's a – the coach is a complex character because he's, like, being torn kind of both ways of, like, he needs to win, but also he cares about these kids. Um, and then the third game, we get they're losing pretty bad. And then this is where Comer comes in and like turns everything around. Um, and yeah. I like after, after the game, when he comes to school, like, like he's the popular kid now. finger gunning everybody like, Hey, there you are. <laughs> yeah. um, and then we just get like a montage of them winning games. So it's like really like getting through it. Cause it's like, we need to get to the playoffs. Cause I think when the playoffs start or like, when the last game before the playoffs, it's like there's like an hour left in the movie or something. There's like a ton left. So there's this other great scene with the Billingsley family. So they lose the second game and um, Don Billingsley is driving his dad home, right? Yep. And his dad's drunk and he's fucking pissed that they lost another game. So he... He kicks out both car windows. Um, I like to think that that was just Tim McGraw improvising. Like, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, just kicks out the, the car windows and then throws his state ring out of the window. Yeah, that's the game before the playoffs that they lose. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and then uh, Don tries to go, pulls over on the side of the road, tries to find the ring. I'm like, you're not going to find that ring. But they find the ring. And you know this because at the end of the movie, he has the ring and he gives it to his son. So, oh, well, you, you missed a scene. Because, and this is skipping ahead, but um, the next day after that, the dad's like, I don't want you to take this as an apology. <laughs> but, right. But, you know, and he's like, no, I get it, dad. And then... uh and then Don Billingsley, the kid, walks up and slams the ring on the counter and walks out. Oh, I missed that part about it. Um, yeah. I, I was so distracted by shirtless Tim McGraw drinking chocolate milk straight out of the gallon. No one else gets that chocolate milk. I, um, what's interesting, too, is Billingsley clearly found it that night, and like, but acts like he didn't. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> why did you do that, Dad? And just like as he walks away. Do you um, think uh do you think to sign on to this movie Tim McGraw was like sure but I have to be shirtless in half of my scenes. Yeah. But then to counteract that they show his bald spot like several times. <laughs> yeah, he can't get away. Um 
so yeah, they they went on this winning streak. They go to this Midland game, and the they uh, they use the announcers to to set the stakes. Where if they win this, they're in the playoffs. If not, it's a three way tie with a coin toss. Um, and Booby wants to play. He says his knee's fine, and the coach doesn't play him. Right? Right. He's like he doesn't play him for a long time. Well, he goes to the he goes and gets the MRI X ray at the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, he goes to he goes to Midland to do it, and the doctor's trying to tell him he shouldn't be playing right now. And he's like, "Oh, who's paying you? You're doing this to stop me." Which is like, it's actually really good advice because it may have, you know, in this universe of this movie, because we don't know how real it is, but it could have like saved his college career a little bit more. Um, True. So finally, you know, there is this like internal struggle in the coach of like he wants to win. But he knows, even though that they've lied to him and said that Booby is good, he knows Booby isn't good. Like, he knows that's bullshit. Right. But eventually, his want to win forces him to put him in. And this is, once again, sort of like a negative thing on the coach where you're looking at him like, ah, you, you're just, you gave up on that kid just to try and, to try and win this game. And then he gets hurt on back-to-back plays and is out once again. Um, and they have this last drive, but they can't score on it, which is definitely foreshadowing. Um, and so they are now stuck in that three-way tie. That's right. And then all the Billingsley stuff happens. And um, now we're at the undisclosed convenience store. The name will one, not be given. One thing before that, though, and they're constantly listening to like sports radio talking about this team, this one channel. And – one of the lines from the guys who called in was they're doing too much learning at that school. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Um, Which I just amazing. Um, I do like too. So on the way to the coin toss, the coach and and Mike, the QB are talking. He's like, I think I'm cursed, you know, and, and uh, the coach gives this great speech about like the only difference between winning and losing is like how everyone else treats you. Like you're the same inside. Yep. And I do like the moment where before he flips the coin, he turns to him and he's like, there ain't no curses. Right. I thought it was really cool. It was And cool. then the, the most tension possible built on a coin toss in a movie. <laughs> it's great. It's great. And then you have, um, okay, that's not true. There's that no country for old men coin toss. Why are you going to fucking do that to me? She couldn't let it go. I, I, was, I was thinking, I was like, there's no way that that is the most intense coin toss in all of cinema. And I thought of the but most. There th- but there were three coins. Oh, in my God. It doesn't matter how many coins there are. <laughs> God's life was on the line in No Country for Old Men. He didn't even know it. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> um, and after the coin toss, they're immediately like, well, that didn't matter anyway, because Dallas Carter's this huge fucking team we're all going to lose to. And skipping ahead a little bit, when you get to that final game and the Dallas Carter people are walking onto the field, it's just fucking men. Like, yeah, huge, huge fucking men. Grown-ass men. Yeah. <laughs> I was, okay, so here's the thing, right? You've, you've seen this movie. You've seen the show, right? Uh, first season or two of the show. Okay. The show does such a better job in portraying that these are high schoolers than this film, right? Maybe. I mean, these are just grown ass men in this movie. Well, no, the I think the the players on the Panther team look relatively young, whatever. I mean, Booby apparently 
uh, Derek Luke, who played him, was 30 when they shot this. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. But I don't think he looked that old. I was talking about the other team, and they were purposely supposed to look huge and like adults. Yeah, well. And if you ever see, like, high school football players that are eventually going to make it in the NFL, some of them fucking look like adults at 17 years old. Is it legal to, like, hold them back a few years? No. No, you, no you, after a certain while, you're, you're too old for high school. High school or high school football? I don't know. Yeah. The scene where Booby clears out his locker is pretty cool, but I know what's about to happen next, and it's like it really gets you. It's my favorite car. scene. It's my favorite scene. I think this scene, there, in the entire show of Friday Night Lights, it does not get this the acting and the emotion does not get to this level than what this scene brings. Yeah. Um, it's how, good. how he's so positive and peppy and like, he still got that like narcissistic swag about him leaving the locker room. And then he sits in the car with his uncle and just completely breaks down. And the line of, I was going to buy you a house is absolute emotional murder. Did you cry? I teared up a bit. Good. I didn't, but I was close. Um, yeah, no, it's just such a great scene. It also, more overall, like it is interesting how different I saw this movie this time, like how, I perceived things differently about the movie than I did the first time because I, even though I haven't seen this movie since it came out, I remembered it fairly well. And but like when watching the scenes, like the Tim McGraw scene in the beginning, or the way I perceived the uncle this time, or the way I perceived that oh I thought the coach had a big arc and turns out no he didn't really have a big arc is is fairly interesting to me like how it changed and maybe that has a lot to do with like the movies that have followed it because I think at the time this was not groundbreaking, but it was a really well done sports movie. And now we've had, I think a lot of pretty good sports movies after it. Um, Maybe not as many recently, but it it is interesting how differently I saw it this time. It's almost like this is the point of the podcast. A little bit. So we get to the playoffs. It's a 32 team playoff, which is so weird. They have only five regular season games and then (laughs) a 32 team playoff. Yeah. Yeah. With, which would take five weeks to you take you'd have to win five times to win the playoffs, um, and then they're just like you know what montage uh, playoffs are over we're in the championship game, which this may hurt you a little bit to know, but um, in real life in this year Perriman actually faced Dallas Carter in the semifinal, and lost to them in the semifinal game not the final. Perriman Panthers is a real team. You joking? No. This is a true story. No, it's based on a true story. I mean, when they adapted it into the show, it's the Dillon Panthers. So I thought they were taking liberty on changing the name of the town. No, it's a real team. Booby Miles is a real person. Oh, the names didn't change? No, Brian Chavez is a real person. You can look all these people up. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. Brian Chavez really went to Harvard. Nice. Good for him. Um, At... Wow. So 
David, for, for our listeners, would you like to explain to them just quickly um, what I thought, how, how the football teams separated in, in my head? You really want to do that to yourself, huh? Go, go ahead. I deserve it. Well, so uh, Alon doesn't understand sports very well. And this is maybe kind of Friday Night Lights, the show is like your first foray into like yeah. legitimately sports, like a sports show. And well, it probably um, starts and stops there, but yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, you thought the, as an example, the Atlanta Falcons were a city team and the Georgia Bulldogs were a state team. And that like state teams played against state teams, which is somewhat true because most college teams are named like after the state. Yeah. But so, yeah, but you just thought they were different leagues and didn't really understand how it works. So the, sh- the show made me understand that, yeah, there that it's college ball, but then you can, you know, go up into the NFL. Um, so well, I, this is I, high school ball. No, I understand that. But I'm, I'm saying as a progression from college ball to the NFL, I, you know, professional, it, I understand it a bit better now. So actually, they, as I was saying, they lost to Dallas Carter in the semifinal in real life. Um, and then apparently Dallas Carter had to forfeit the championship this year because they had a player who was ineligible based on his grades. Wow. So, but that, you know, I don't know when that happened because it kind of sucks for them. They're like, you know, yeah, of course we couldn't beat this team, but uh, maybe we could have beaten that, ch- that team in the championship. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it wasn't 45-year-old men. Um, okay. So now we're playing a lot of football. We're watching a lot of football, um, ups and downs, downs and ups, tackles. Really, it's a lot of downs. They, uh, the Panthers are getting the absolute shit beat out of them. Oh, well, you went to the championship game already. I'm not there yet. Oh, you're not there yet. You're still in the montage? No, the montage is over. We're now meeting the coach of the Dallas Carter team, like that that coaching staff. Or oh, to agree on the on the stadium where to play. The guy who says um, it's just different, you know that that black guy who said that. Yeah. Did you recognize him from anything? Because we have done a movie with him very recently. No. He was the quarterback who The Rock takes the ring from in the beginning of the rundown. That guy. That guy. There's also a lot of like stuff in here that I'm wondering how true to life it is. I mean, obviously, like if it was the semifinal, it was probably just played in a location that was already determined, right? Like, I don't, I guess I don't know that, but there's this back and forth about, oh, we want it played here. We want it played here. Well, how about a neutral site at the Astrodome? And then they're talking about, you know, how many black refs are going to be on the, you know, on the refs. And I like, Oh, you know, zebras have the same amount of stripes. He's like, well, they're gonna have more black stripes or more white stripes. Like that. I love, I love that metaphor because they're trying to the whole conversation, they're trying to low-key say exactly what you just said about there has to be an equal number of black refs and white refs. So there's not like a a bias with it. But instead they use this zebra stripe metaphor. And then at the end, they're like, one one guy, (laughs) one guy goes. We think having all black refs will actually go in your favor. And then they all like look at each other like, whoa, 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 dude, my guy. You're like, watch yourself. You're not actually supposed to say that. (laughs) What is interesting too is when you then see the whole ref crew, they get together at one point to decide a pretty pivotal play. Yeah. And there's one black ref and he makes a very 
some would say purposely bad purposefully call. bad call where yeah. the ball clearly hits the ground and everyone can see it clearly yes so like what are they trying to say with that <laughs> like did did something like that happen in the game because you are trying to show them it looked like they were trying to show a bias in that situation maybe it was accidental but you have the one black ref making a very very bad call that leads to a touchdown that decided the game for the all black team like what was the point of having that or was it just happenstance that that was portrayed that part was a little weird well even if it wasn't it's like it's weird to me that you would have this kind of uh, uncertainty within the game, especially when there's like a, a perfect shot with a camera of exactly what happened. Like, why don't they just refer back to that? No, you're laughing at me. Am I dumb? What am I missing? Uh, I don't think there's instant replay in high school. They have this giant ass fucking stadium, yeah, yeah, like ten million to, people in there. It's like the Astro Dome. They're not allowed to look up. <laughs> they can't look up and no, they're not allowed to do it. What do you mean they're not allowed? Are you serious? Yeah, no, yeah, they're not allowed to do that. They're not in allowed the NFL, to look up. In the NFL and college, they have instant replay where a coach can challenge a decision if it's really bad, and then they can overturn it. But I don't think they have that in high school, uh, just because it technology limitations and then yeah no you can't just look up at the jumbo drawn <laughs> okay oh and it was the 80s so whatever but okay fine it just sounds well, pretty we, dumb yeah one thing we talked already about the scene where buddy garrity who's not it's not his name in this movie but tells the coach like no just you know go ahead and beat him and i love that the coach actually calls him out and he's like or what <laughs> yeah yeah spell it out for me like just say it if you're gonna say it you know say with your chest if you're gonna threaten me and like makes him do it i thought was good and he does like he's just like are we gonna move it's possible (laughs) uh so great so okay so we they decide on the astrodome and then when i see the astrodome i was like fuck like why didn't they just automatically decide to shoot it at this awesome stadium you know yeah well i don't know by the way the guy who comes off the fucking jet plane to meet them in the in the like the round table sort of thing who is that the coach of the other team uh well there are a couple guys one of them is the coach the guy that says watch your mouth he was the coach and then the other guy seems to be like an admin at the school or whatever who gets to come to the game. So he's I don't a, know. He has a jet? I don't know. So they can't look up an instant replay because of budget things, but they can have a fucking jet? I I'm thought he was governor. I'm not going to explain the intricacies of Texas high school football, mostly because I don't know, but I don't know why he was on a jet. Okay, man. Uh, anyway, um, so they, they get the Astrodome. It's fucking awesome. It's like a million fucking people in that thing. And the first half, they get their asses kicked. <laughs> Which, the, the most unbelievable thing is how big they portray this Dallas Carter team and how they're only down by like 26 to 7. Right. And that, the, I think the one cool play in the half, it's the only like good play for, you know, the good guys the panthers that we're watching you know that we're rooting for is when they like have uh the preacher drop back and get the interception 
Yeah. Um, because at that point they score and then it's like 18 to seven, but then they don't show you that, oh, Dallas scored again. So now it's 26 seven going into half. And the quarterback gets his, like, the helmet kicked into his face. Like, and they, no portray one that that. Dal- they portray that Dallas team as real, bra- real bad. Really, really bad. Um, yeah. So there was one thing that the announcer said something. He's like, this is peak high school football or something like that. And it was just like, this is high school football. Like they're in the stadium. It's like they're, they're up against these huge guys. And then the guy's like, wow, this is peak high school football. And it's just like, like um, really minimizes why we're here sort of thing. Like, Oh, high school football. <laughs> JV football. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> just a bunch of kindergartners come out <laughs> the peewee playoffs I love the preacher's speech at halftime intercutting with the other, the team. other team saying like yes sir it's great so good so good and then when the coach says clear eyes and you're like oh no is he <gasps> gonna say it <laughs> and love in your heart you're like oh, oh man yeah same it's a good he gets there speech, he gets he gets to the to he says full hearts hearts. yeah yeah i mean it's clearly like taken from that but just it i clear eyes full heart can't lose it's like then better than that yeah you know i i don't know if you remember how friday night lights the uh the show ends but he gets an offer to they the dylan only has enough money to have one football team and so they um, merge East Dillon and West Dillon together as as the Dillon Panthers once again, and they hire um, they want to hire Coach Taylor to coach the Panthers, and he says no, and he moves to like Pennsylvania with his wife because she has a she has a job a a job offered up there, and he decides to go with her. So now he's doing like he's teaching high school, he's coaching high school football up there now. And he's like ending practice and he's like giving a little speech to the guys and they're like, yes, sir, or whatever. And he goes, all right, clear eyes, full hearts. And they, you know, they don't know. And he, he's like, ah, we'll work on that later. And that's how the show ends. And I was like, ah, it's crazy. It's a good ending. Yeah. Now I'll never have to watch it. Um, what? No, second- you've seen it. I told you I didn't see the whole show. I saw the first like two seasons. That's really... I was never going to watch it. Okay. Um, the second half of football is really good football. Um, I think it's really well done the way they come back. You know, you have like all the key players in there, like Preacher's making a lot of sacks. Chavez gets a key interception. Um, bug. <laughs> once again, I don't know if you're allowed to say that. QB makes a lot of great throws. Um, one thing is they make a big deal about how Dallas Carter has never kicked a field goal, never punted, never kicked an extra point this entire season. Yeah. And I, like they're down to like the 20 yard line. It's like fourth and inches and they go for it. And I'm like, this is a 38 yard field goal. Do you guys just not have a field goal kicker? <laughs> I know that's like a decent size field goal, but that also would have ended the game if you had kicked there. Um, so I just don't think I don't think it was like they're so dominant. I just don't think they had a field goal kicker. Yeah, they didn't have like a special section, like a special training section for kickers. Yeah. Our field goal kicker for my senior year was just the soccer player. 
That's actually really smart. He is pretty good. He can definitely kick. Um, the last Some... drive is great. Yeah. You, you get like that Billingsley gets a – is it Billingsley gets a great run? Yeah, he gets a great run with 11 seconds left down to the one. And then there's a flag. And I was like, is this also like a phantom flag or was it a real flag? Like, was it also like some home cooking for Dallas again that they got a, a call they shouldn't have, but you don't really know that. Um, but then uh, you get Mike with the last play, runs it, gets down to the one. You don't know if he scored and he's just barely short. And I love the way the refs announce it as they're running off the field. Like they're almost, they're like, Game's over as they start to dash because it's like these fucking people are crazy. Like we have to get out of here before people like try and fight us. Um, how? I know you have to get it over the line. I understand that, but like, you have to, as they say, you have to break the plane. So the ball. No, I understand. Has to touch the white. Like if yeah. the white went straight up in the air, it has to touch that. No, I, I get that. It's just, I wonder in real life, did it actually come that close? Because in the movie, it was literally maybe a few centimeters away from the, from the line. Well, they weren't even in the championship game, so it wasn't that close. <laughs> <laughs> True. Fine. Um, yeah. So they, they lost. And I feel like everyone's emotions and then they all get in a big circle. And I love everyone like patting each other on the back being like, it's fine. And that this is kind of where the coach's speech to Mike comes into play where you nothing really changes whether you win or lose. You're still you, you know? And they kind of figure that out in the end. Yeah, and like I said, you know, we get a little bit of a you could argue undeserved arc for Billingsley's dad, like a redemption. Oh yeah. But it is a cool moment when he gives him the ring. He goes onto the field and hugs him. Yeah, hugs him and he gives him his ring. I think is a really cool, really cool moment. Even though it's like, yeah. <clears throat> so they they, <laughs> and I'm not really comparing the five season run of the show to the two hour movie, but and since you're not watching it, I can just tell you they win in the end. They win state at the end of the show, and they do it in a cool way. And they do it in a way where, well, I'm going to explain it to you. You tell me if you think you, you like this ending. The QB throws and the ball is in the air. And if it becomes, a, if it's a touchdown, they win. And if um, they don't catch it, they lose. It cuts when the ball is in, in the air, in, the, in midair. And then it's like five weeks later or something. And they're all like graduating or whatnot. And you see one guy give a hug and you see the state championship ring on his finger. And then you cut to another guy and he's like doing something and you see the state championship ring on his finger. So, and you never see the winning catch, the winning touchdown, but you see everyone, all the players with rings on. And that's how you know they won. That is cool. Yeah. I also really like the actual ending of this with the coach pulling off the names off the board and it giving you the little blurb about each person's life and what they go on to do. And then 
after that him putting the new names on the board because like the new season starts immediately for him. Yeah. And then Mike throwing the ball to those little boys and they're like yeah. tossing it up in the air. I thought it was like a cool ending. No, to- super cool ending. Comer stays, right? Because Comer isn't graduating that year. So he's still on the board, right? Yeah, he's a sophomore. Yeah. And um Yeah, I I don't think this movie would have been the same if they won. I think this movie would have been like an okay sports movie if they won. But the fact that they lose and you see like they all become something way bigger than high school football, I think that's like that kind of puts this uh puts this a little bit above other football movies. Yeah, I can see that. But I also like when I first watched this, I was really rooting for them to win, so <laughs> Well, you get the little blurb at the end being like, well, next season they won. <laughs> <laughs> Things aren't all bad. Yeah. Um, watching this again, I really liked it. It's been forever since I've seen this. Um, I may have watched it one more time after theaters, but I have not watched this a lot. And it's really good. Um, the characters are definitely different. Like, So, like, you know, the Tim Riggins is probably the closest comparison to Billingsley, right? Same position. I'm so glad you asked this. Both white. But, like, Tim Riggins is, like, kind of a badass, like, doesn't, like, talk too much, whatever. And, like, Billingsley's a fucking, like, kind of like a nerdy loser, but, like, is good at football, but it's kind of, like, not all there. Like, their characters are a lot different. Okay. So this is how I look at it. Booby Miles is basically who they made into Smash Williams in the show. Like, referring to himself as in the third person, having this, like, real cocky attitude. And I think uh, it's the tailback, too, right? Same position. Um, They just gave Jason Street, the quarterback in the show, the injury instead of him. Tim Riggins is really a mix between Billingsley and Mike. Because Mike is kind of this like stoic, you know how, you know that scene in the movie where Booby kind of makes fun of Mike for not smiling and he does the uh, interpretation of Bill Cosby to to get him to smile. Does not hold up well. No. And was a bad bad impression at the time. (laughs) But how how bad it was is what was funny and it made Mike laugh. Anyway, so the stoicism of that character with kind of like the the backstory i guess you would say of billingsley is kind of like those two characters make tim riggins and then obviously you have matt saracen in the show who becomes the quarterback after he's comer he's comer but he's also a little bit of mike because he has he has in the show he has an ailing grandmother with dementia and in the movie he has an ailing mother with something ailing ailing with ailing yes um so that's so those two characters and the way they do that i just really i thought it was really um smart good i love the show so i'm i have nothing bad to say about it and i think the show is better than the movie so i was finally able to pull this up dallas carter beat the Mojo Panthers, 
fourteen to nine in the semifinal. So a pretty close game. Oh shit! It, yeah. And also, I'm looking at their. You know, in one of the games, it it said in the playoffs they beat a team sixty eight to zero. They did not beat any team sixty eight to zero. And actually, they had a tie during the regular season twenty four twenty four. Was that determined by a coin toss? No, no, it was just a game and ended oh. in a tie. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> there are definitely some liberties taken with this team to make them, like, you know, better than they were, like, to raise the stakes and obviously to put it in the championship game, um, which I think is fine. Like, it's still at the end they lost to this team and that team ended up winning state, and so they are trying to just build it. Um, but I think you also could have just had it be the semifinal and they lose to them. Um, overall, as I said, this is a good movie. I liked it. I liked watching it again. And yeah, that's it. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And remember, clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. He finally watched Friday Night Lights. I finally watched Friday Night Lights. <laughs>